Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Everything Kratom, the podcast about anything and everything. Kratom. Good to have you here with us on this Tuesday morning. Thought today we would talk a little bit about the Utah Kratom Consumer Protection Act, uh, because I think that the model is really stellar, actually, give or take. Um, you know, there's always some downsides, but I think that it's a great model overall for regulation. If there's going to be regulation of Kratom, I think that it protects the consumer, younger people, and I do think that it protects the producers as well, because if something were to happen with a Kratom product and it gets in the news, yada, 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 it it doesn't end up becoming one of those stories where, you know you can trace it back to a producer that had put terrible things in there or it was a sketchy product or you know so on so on some random smoke shop that had salmonella in its kratom which i've heard of that happening before so i think that it kind of protects everyone all around and it's a good idea um so i'm just going to go through a few different points of it today and uh love to hear what you think about it so hopping in uh Utah passed this Protection Act in 2019, and it's basically a a model of regulation for Kratom to be produced responsibly and then regulated as such so that um, not just through the production, but also through those who it serves, not to be given to people under 18. I know that's something that people could you know, debate about as to whether Kratom is safe for people under 18. Um, I'm not going to venture to guess if it is or not. However, all I'll say is that I think that at a time when somebody's mind is really developing and, you know, you're young, I know our minds develop all the way up through to our, you know, mid to late 20s. But specifically, the early years are really important. And I feel like the less stuff you're putting in your body at that time, the better. So I'm all for it. I'm fine with that. Um, Nobody having it under the age of 18. Uh, So that's that's kind of an overview of, of, you know, from a thousand feet up. Now let's go from 100 feet up. Looking at the actual production. If you're going to be producing Kratom or selling products, you have to register through this act. There's a $260 fee. And once you do that, you're kind of agreeing to the terms of this act. And there's a number of terms in it, but uh, let's let's go through a little bit. So firstly, you need to disclose on the product label each Kratom product that the processor prepares, distributes, sells, or offers for sale. Um, you know, basically just represent exactly what you're selling. Prohibited from selling to minors. A Kratom processor may not distribute, sell, or offer for sale a Kratom product to an individual under 18 years of age, and those who violate this law are subject to a Class C misdemeanor. Okay. So that's pretty straightforward. Then it goes on and it goes into processor requirements. And this has criminal penalties if you don't follow through on this. A Kratom processor may not prepare, distribute, sell, or offer for sale a Kratom product that is any of the following. That is mixed or packed with a non-Kratom substance that affects the quality or strength of the Kratom 
product to such a degree as to render the Kratom product injurious, injurious, never seen that word before, injurious to a consumer, um, causing injury, I'm guessing. Uh, and that, that part's interesting because I have purchased Kratom before, which has blue lotus extract in it. And I cannot imagine at all that there's any harm in having that in there. But I do wonder if that would fall under this rule or not. It's not injurious, to say the least. But that does open up, you know, the question of, well, what do you mean by affects the quality or strength of the Kratom product that it renders it injurious? I mean, if I took a bunch of Kratom without something in it, I could maybe injure myself i guess by the definition so if i took it with the blue lotus extract in it and i took way 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 too much i don't know anyway the next thing can't sell a kratom product that contains a poisonous or otherwise you know harmful non-kratom ingredient including a controlled substance okay here's the interesting one which you know if you listened yesterday I kind of pulled out of that uh, eight-factor analysis report that they were finding that 7-hydroxymetragenine, you know, being 1-2% to in the plant naturally is harmless, but when you take that as an extract or increase that substantially, it actually can cause harm. And I thought that was really interesting because, I don't know, that seems like a very major takeaway for me, that, that they actually found you know, more negativity associated with that alkaloid than with just metragenine. So this next rule in the Utah rules say that you can't sell a product that contains a level of 7-hydroxymetragenine in the alkaloid fraction that is greater than 2% of the alkaloid composition of the Kratom product. So they got it. And this is before that research was published um, that we were reading yesterday uh you can't increase that specific alkaloid more than it occurs naturally in the plant and i'm all for that i think that's fine uh it can't contain a synthetic alkaloid including synthetic metragenine synthetic 7-hydroxymetragenine or any other synthetically derived compound of the kratom plant and then finally it says that it must include a product label that states the amount of metragenine and 7-hydroxymetragenine contained in the packaged Kratom product. Uh, penalties. A Kratom processor who violates this subsection is guilty of Class C misdemeanor for each violation. Okay. Um, so, I think that all those rules make sense. Um, I think that you should know exactly what you're getting. Just like with other food packaging, uh, there shouldn't be any misleading claims and there shouldn't be anything that uh, is in there that doesn't need to be, I guess would be the simple way of putting it. So I really like this and I, I want to look into this further. I think it popped up um, last week when I was talking with our friend in Texas about the different ways of going about Kratom regulation in the future, if it's going to come to regulation, uh, and how uh, one idea I had was, you know, regulating the actual production of it 
and that way you know keeping it open and free on the other end for the consumer so there's a little bit of government oversight there controlling what the products are how they're you know shaped and carried and the consumers themselves kind of have free reign to purchase whatever they'd like on the other end um, it's kind of seeming more and more to me like a, a, an ideal scenario if there's going to be any sort of government intervention in this product. So, um, yeah, super interesting. Would love to learn more about this model and the others that I've heard about. I wonder how they differ in the different states that there's some sort of regulatory framework ex- existing right now. And uh, maybe that's something for another episode i'm gonna do a bit of a state-by-state analysis so that'd be great okay everybody um please check out the discord in the description also if you want to contribute to this podcast you can do so there's a link in the description for that as well even just 99 cents would be super appreciated thanks so much we are now at 300 listeners strong so that is awesome people keep tuning in And thank you very much for doing so. Love having you here. All right. Talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye.